Since 1973, Tattoo Charlie's has been an established body modification studio in Kentucky. Featuring world-renowned artists and piercers, currently with locations on Preston Highway and in Lexington. A staple point in the tattoo community. Learn more at TattooCharlie's.com. Set up your appointment today at 7904 Preston Highway. Our tattoos are done while you wait. Hey, it's Jeff McNichol down here at Mom's Music, 1900 Melwood Avenue. I was just thinking, when I was a kid, the magic was at Frankfurt Avenue. The Mom's Music at Frankfurt Avenue. And I used to beg people to get a ride down there just to hang out with the guys and see all the cool gear. Now that I'm the owner of this store, it's like a dream come true. We're recreating the magic with the vibe that we used to have at the old store. We're carrying all the gear that you're going to possibly want. We're giving you the outstanding service and personal attention that you deserve. Yeah, so we've got the great guitar shop here. We're carrying USA Fender, USA Gibson, Paul Reed Smith, Gretsch, Jackson, Charvel, anything you could possibly want. We're going to have it for you. Mom's is and always will be Louisville's music store. It's Mark Maxwell at Maxwell's House of Music. Listen, all this stuff is now available to purchase on our website. Check it out at maxwellshouseofmusic.com. We carry all the top brands, like Fender. We got Gibson. We also have basses. We've got ukuleles. We've got drums. We've got sound gear. We've got keyboards. Thank you for tuning into the Metal Forge. I am Mark Jackson and I am your host. The premise of the show is pretty simple. Awesome interviews and awesome music. If you want to contact me, hit me up at MetalForgeRadio at gmail.com or visit the website MetalForgeRadio.com. And now, let's get this show on the road. Thank you all for tuning into the Metal Forge. I'm your host, Mark Jackson, and you're listening to the Friday, October 9th edition of the show with... She, Louisville's own stoner depressive doom metal band. Holy fucking shit. Awesome stuff. I'm going to be playing a few tracks of theirs. If you're into doom, I think you're really going to like these cats. They're awesome, funny fucking people that create really awesome fucking uh, deep, dark music. And I think you all like it. I actually recorded this interview last night with the guys in their practice spot. We kind of started the show outside, and then the neighborhood dogs started going ape shit because it was starting to get around eight thirty, nine o'clock at night. And we moved it inside shortly thereafter. Um, but it was totally fucking cool. Uh, Three fourths of the band was there. Hope you all dig it. Let me know where I can make changes where I can improve, where I can fix things that, you know, y'all don't like. Shoot me a message, metalforgeradio at gmail.com or through the website, metalforgeradio.com. In the coming weeks, I do have a few bands coming on, and I know I said this last week that I don't like to let the cat out of the bag, but 
the Metal Forge is going back to Canada here next week with Villain from Toronto. Fucking awesome cats. Check them out before we get to the show, because I'm going to be playing a few tracks of theirs. And then Pittsburgh, another power metal band with Legendary coming up later this month. And I think I'm going to have a little bit of a Halloween surprise. I think I'm going to do some awesome. I think I'm going to debut a new band that, you know, hasn't been heard before. Check that out, too. Along with that, I'm going to have a few other guests, like Steve Gatrost, a local visual artist. He does tattoos. He's done comics. He's played in bands. Uh, Nick from the Stonecutters and Warcloud has some actual art of his on his body. So, fucking awesome stuff there. And because he's a friend of mine and we do like to cross-promote each other's shows, I'm going to have Wrestling Steve on the show coming up as well. Because he's fucking awesome. I really value his opinion of what he talks about musically on the show, what he talks about with wrestling on his shows. And I just like the dude. He's pretty cool. So tune in for those. They might be on the next coming episodes where we might have some two for guests on there where they might be paired up with Legendary. They might be paired up with somebody else, but they're going to be on the show soon. So check them out. And before we get into the music, I do want to thank the sponsors. Mom's Music, Maxwell's House of Music, Tattoo Charlie's, Kentucky Hot Brown Pedal Boards, and the Wrestling Steve Show. And all of the people who uh, support on Patreon. Because without those people who help promote this show and get more shares and more likes and everything else, you know, we probably wouldn't be able to do as many as we do. Thank you to all of you out there who keep uh, pounding the subscribe button, the like button, and everything else. And speaking of the Patreon page, and I know you've heard the commercials and you've heard me talk about it before, but I'm going to mention it again. Go to patreon.com slash metalforgeradio, and there are some tiers in there you can donate to. We've got a dollar, five dollars, and ten dollars. It's nothing major. I'm not asking for like fifty or a hundred or two hundred dollars for ridiculous, like super exclusive content where, you know, we're just, we're metal, you know? So if you feel like you want to do that, there's the link. If you don't want to do it, you don't have to. You're not obligated to do anything like that. I just appreciate you, you know, and I try to send out some free stuff when we have it in the availability and everybody gets something out of it. So thank you all. Uh, if you also want to go to uh, Apple Podcasts and rate the show, leave some comments down there, rate what you think is fair. Uh, one star two stars, three, four, five, whatever. Just let me know. Give me some feedback what I'm doing. So thank you all again. Let's listen to some she. I'm going to play a long one this time. I'm going to play. Hmm. This is off of Depressive Suicidal Stoner Doom, the first album that came out back in January of this past uh, year. This is Swampy.
going on. This is interesting because this is going to be an in-person interview today with Louisville's own She. That's us. That's us right yeah. here. Hello. Coming oh. at you live. And in person. In Shit. person. I'm here. Gosh. This has been a long time coming. You know, I did one of these back in May was the last in-person interview. Goddamn. And I'm missing a lot of them. You know, I... I I, I like doing in-persons. What, the phone is awesome, don't get me wrong, but conversing in person with people is so much better. So it's anyways, organic, you know? Yeah. It's that energy. You can feed off the other yeah, we person. we can see you right now. Also, right. I hate talking on the fucking telephone. Yeah, so. Who doesn't? I can touch my bass player's tummy. You can't, actually. I can get your hand off of him. I can touch his tummy. <laughs> I can touch my drummer's tummy. We're, we're, we're Everything's real, you know? And you we can got feel the, it. And we've got the dogs out here. We can, you can get dogs in the real place. Cooper, come here. Come here, Pop. You might get barks in your podcast. Yeah, you oh. might get a bark this time. I, I mean, I'll, I'll try to, you know, to get them to not do it. But <laughs> they're, they're off investigating this yard that they've, you know, lived in for the last two years. There, there's nothing new there's here, new but they're stuff, checking, making stuff. sure there's not any interlopers <laughs> running around doing bad things. They're going to keep us safe right here. It's fine. Right, because it's always a new thing for them. <laughs> it is. Every, every day, is a, it's like, are we going to get to go to that place outside Ooh, today? One day I'll get to go outside. It'll be really fun. And they get to go outside every day. Right. They get fed every day at the same time. <laughs> but, no. Yeah. Alright, so who's sitting here with me today? Uh, Tyler, the drummer. I'm Bob, the guitarist and the vocalist. And I'm Zach, the bassist. And boo! No, just kidding. Zachary's the nicest and most well-adjusted of us all, except for there's one guy missing with our, our crew today, and that's Jace, who I would argue, and you guys can back me up on this, I know you guys would agree, Jace is definitely the nicest and most well-adjusted of us all. He's the 
uh, other guitar player, but he couldn't be with us. The most polite gentleman of all time, R.I.P. He's actually alive, but still R.I.P. R.I.P. Yeah, right now. The, best, the, the story that I think perfectly encapsulates Jace is when he first started jamming with us and playing, and we were still kind of feeling out if we wanted to like formally have him in the band. He was coming over and playing, um, and I would say he probably jammed with us on a weekly basis for a good month or so. But I would say even after after he was officially, we were like, yes, you're in the band. Like, we're going to count you as a member. At least a month post that period of time, he would still ask if he could get a glass of water. He would still ask if he could go to the restroom. He'd be like, can I get a glass of water, sir? And I'd be like, you can go upstairs and get a fucking glass of water. I don't care. May I use the bathroom, May I use the restroom? Like, yes, you can use the restroom. You do not need to ask. Get the fuck out of here. So wow. yes, in conclusion, that's Jace. He's not here. So, so Jace is is the most refined of us all. He's like a wine. He's where the rest of us are are Keystone Lights. He is a fine Pinot Noir. You know, right on. I, well, I'm kind of sorry he's not here now. He's, <laughs> he, wouldn't say, he wouldn't say much anyway. He probably he's a very quiet boy. He's very reserved. He's a nice young man. He he, he he's um, respectful and polite, um, but reserved. He's a reserved guy. <laughs> So basically what you're telling me, he, he does not fit in with you. <laughs> he, he is definitely the gall of the group, uh, to make a black metal reference. He is certainly the gall. Oh, I don't know, where the rest of us are a bunch of fucking, like, Danny Filth idiots, right? Like yeah, a bunch of loudmouth dum-dums. No, no, that's not accurate. Right, what, what, what? So if, okay, touch me! If, if this were a BuzzFeed quiz, that's here, you can add this to your question list. BuzzFeed quiz... If you were a black metal musician, which black metal musician are you? Um, unfortunately, I'm not well versed in black metal. Oh. Uh, dead because I want to be dead. <laughs> oh, perfect. Next question. Nice. You're on, I would be Euronymous because I was on the way to kill you the whole time. Uh, Somebody got to do it. No, that's a uh, fuck. That's the wrong way because Euronymous is the one that got 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 right. Yeah, he got got. He got got. Everybody was on the way to kill me. That's I we would still be your honest. We shouldn't make justice murders. Dead killed himself. So dead killed. Okay. That's true. That's Jeez. I would be dead too. Yeah. Man, that was just a question about who we are. Who's yes. saying right oh, now? Hey, but but it's, hey, that's what the metal forge <laughs> is all about. Right. Also, you put out an album called "Depressive Suicidal Stoner Doom." There's certain there's certain elements that come along. Yeah, we're gonna make jokes about killing ourselves this entire interview. It's only half true. Right. So tell everybody out there about when you started and how you started as as musicians. Or as oh, this band, really? rather. So, All right, me, I, was so say I replied musicians. to a, like, I think this is a funny story. Like, I replied to a post on Reddit, the Louisville subreddit, of somebody looking for a drummer. Uh, and, like, I was just like, I've been playing drums for a few years. I was like, okay, cool, I'm going to play the band. Uh, and I replied to it and started jamming with this band. It was like a metalcore band called Fire of Hephaestus. Uh, shout out to Ed Borjo and Michael DeAngelis. Uh, joined that and then like for like literally we were practicing in like an apartment with an electronic drum set and for like two months they were like yeah we got a bassist he keeps saying he's gonna come over he's just he's on his honeymoon right now and I remember thinking like who is this motherfucking bassist and how long is he gonna be in Jamaica on his honeymoon like he's been it seems like he's been in Jamaica for two months it was probably only two weeks but uh, anyways eventually we like met up he Bob shows up to like a practice and I never seen Bob before and like plays bass at like an apartment or something like one time and then it's like hey we could start playing in like my basement blah 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 like i've got a whole basement where we could play and we don't have to like you know be quiet in an apartment and we started playing here at bob's basement and then 
at some point, Bob asked me, like, hey, you want to, like, come over early on, like, a fire? Like, this is how all side projects start. Like, hey, you want to, like, come over a little bit early? Like, I've been, like, working on some Stoner Doom riffs. And I'm like, okay, like, whatever, yeah, like, I'll join. And at that point, I had listened to, like, two bands, which I would consider Doom, and it was, like, uh, maybe three. And I was, like, Black Sabbath, but, like, that's that's only Doom by, like, appropriation. Like, they were just Black Sabbath. <laughs> and then Ahab, which is Funeral Doom, and Warning, which is Funeral Doom. <laughs> And, like, that will be, let that be known that in our first song, that's like, super slow, like, literally song number one on the first demo, I was just like, I think when I play drums in a doom band, I just play really slow. Just slow. That, that's my, like, recollection of performing. That, that's basically it, yeah, because so, and you gave that shout-out to Ed Borjo, so my my recollection of the of the beginnings of the band would have been 2015, uh, right. So years. Yeah. Right. It's actually fuck. We might have gotten together in 2014, Could but be. I, I want to say it was 2015. That was when the first release came out, at least. Um, so like somewhere in the 2014-2015 range, I um, <clears throat> I don't actually remember how I got hooked up with Fire of Hephaestus, but it probably was again Ed Borjo, who was the vocalist for the band that I had been in. Um, most recent to that point. So I was in this deathcore band doing vocals uh, in this band, Demise of the King. Demise, that, of, the King. Demise of the King that Ed Borjo <laughs> had originally been the vocalist for. Um, and so I think maybe he had posted on Facebook and said, we need a vocalist or we need a bass player for this metal band. And my first instrument in high school was, was bass. I, I, I would say I'm a better bassist than I am anything else. Yeah, he plays guitar in the band. Yeah, I play guitar in the band. But so I was like, all right, I'll come play bass. And so I came over and started jamming with with them in their apartment. And, like, I think I gave it, like, two or three weeks of, like, just feeling it out, being like, do I want to continue to do this? And I was like, yeah, this is fun. Um, But at that point, I was like, I don't want to go over to this apartment to play quietly. I was like, fuck, I've got this basement. Like, I've got all the shit here. The whole reason we got the house that we got the basement you've seen, Mark, it's like full of gear. It yeah, there's a, right. is, At that point already, there's, five there's, years ago, it was yeah, already full of gear. There's space, right? There's the space to play um, and have the gear for a full band to play loud and do the thing. And so um, I was like, hey, you guys want to come over and, and jam at my place instead of in this apartment? And we started doing that. And yeah, to, Tyler nailed it on the head at some point. And I, I don't know what the impetus was for me to do it. I had been jamming like doom or like blackened doom kind of ideas with a couple other dudes. Um, one of whom is now in the band, the hell you say I, who you had on the, on the, yeah. on the cast a while back, uh, yeah, back in July, Jeremy, their drummer. So he and I had been jamming on what would ultimately become she. Um, and actually we had jammed one of the songs off that first EP. Um, it would have been, uh, uh, Actually, no, it would have been off the second EP. The uh, uh, Into the Sunset was a song that I wrote with Jeremy ultimate, or originally. But so I'd been jamming these like Doom ideas, and I like I still wasn't very well versed in Doom. The only things I'd really listened to were like Electric Wizard and um, and and like uh, a little bit of Sabbath. But I was like, hey, do you want to come over and jam these like Stoner Doom riffs? Like it's basically just playing open three five and six and and hoping for the best uh with tyler and so he started coming over and then at some point we were like well we want to make this an actual band or i and i was like do you know any bass players 
And so he hey, pointed. Lo and behold. Lo and behold, he was like, I happen to know a bass player. Because yes. I didn't know any. Zach, tell him how you started playing bass. Oh, my God. Yeah, so Tyler knows me from, we work at UPS together. All these dogs. Hang Hold on a second. Hey. 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 Hey, guys. Wrestling Steve of the Wrestling Steve Show here. Uh, so if you're currently listening to the Metal Forge with Mark Jackson, then you understand that Mark Jackson has a pretty discerning taste when it comes to music as a whole. You'll also understand that he has a discerning taste for professional wrestling, just like me. The, my show is called The Wrestling Steve Show. Uh, I talk about modern and classic pro wrestling in a completely unbiased, unfiltered way. Be sure to check me out on all available podcasting platforms. That is The Wrestling Steve Show, and I am the host, Wrestling Steve. Just remember, uh, like, like Confucius said, uh, man who goes through turnstile in Thailand uh, is going to Bangkok. Pro wrestling. Alright, so we had to move this inside. Some craziness ensued outside with the dogs from the neighborhood. We thought we were going get to a, get a nice one. So, we're in the living room now. <laughs> this moved, is how professional the Metal Forge is. We've moved into the living room. <laughs> right, right. So where we where we left off, we were talking about the like, bass. How, how did the bass come into the band? Yeah, so I'm the opposite of Bob, and I started playing guitar first. And I've known Tyler since I started at UPS in 2011. And him and his buddies, <laughs> a couple other guys at work, used to ask me to come out and jam on Fridays with them. And I showed up with my guitar once, eventually, after they convinced me to come out. I'm not... I'm not very outgoing, and it takes a lot to convince me to go. He's a, he's a quiet boy. Most places. He's, he's quite quiet. He's a, but, good, he's a good young man. So I showed up with my guitar and amp, and come to find out there were two other guys there with guitars and amps, and Tyler played the drums. And I said, no, this ain't going to work for me. I'm going to go get a bass. <laughs> so I bought a bass, and that's the point that I started playing bass. How many stories of how many basses have you done that way? <laughs> There's too many guitars in this room. I'm going to play bass. Yeah. <laughs> exactly why I started on bass was because I was talking with two old high, middle school buddies of mine that both were like, yeah, we play guitar. Like One of them was like, my dad's got this acoustic guitar. I'm going to play guitar. And then the other one was like, I've got, a, I've got a guitar too. And I was like, well, I guess I'll play bass because then I'll be in demand. Motherfuckers will true. come to me and be like, "We need a bass player for our it's band." I'll be the one that wants. If you want to be in a band, play drums or keyboard. I'm gonna say, I there's like played. three per big city. Yeah, if one drummer dies, like the like half of the local bands in the area are gone. Pooper, come here. Super, come here. What's but, up? Anyways, yeah. sorry. Next question. No, 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 you're good. So continue. Uh, yeah, so I, I jammed on bass with them, and there it wasn't really a band. We just played whatever. Yeah, we just jammed. Uh, a lot of improv, a few covers here and there, and then, uh, yeah, Tyler and Bob, I guess, have been jamming on their Doom stuff for a little while, and Tyler texted me out of the blue one day, I was on my way home from work, he's like, hey, you wanna play bass in a band? And I said, no. I don't, I don't know, what kind of band? <laughs> uh, yeah, he says, like a Doom band? I don't know, and I, I, I didn't realize that I'd been listening to more Doom than them at this point, because I was, I was waiting in Church of Misery and Sleep and Sabbath and all kinds of shit before that and he's like I'll have Bob contact you and yeah Bob sent me a Facebook message he said hey here's a demo of what me and Tyler recorded so far and it was song one I was like yeah I can get way into that I will definitely show up for your next practice and I did and that's all she wrote yep. 
Awesome. And then here we are, five years later. Five years later. Best buds, oh. touching tummies. We're not all... fucking touching each other. Oh, man. <laughs> if you haven't noticed already, I don't like to be touched, and he insists on touching me all the time. I don't want to just touch you. I want to touch your tummy. I don't like it. Oh, my God. It's fine. You would not have been a friend of Michael Jackson's. <laughs> <laughs> Tell me about the writing process. How does that madness ensue? <laughs> Well, I'm eating. I'm eating this right away, and they're looking. He's at me. Bra- he's breaking the rules. He's what, he's are, eating on a podcast. We're looking at Bob because. What he, do you mean? There's there are no rules in a podcast. Damn you right. Do Anyways, so we look at Bob. and now he leaves the room. <laughs> he's, he's no. We so can, we can we can just what is he doing? I got him my beer. Oh, well, I I could have got that. The writing process is usually if I have to describe it like a very like plain black and white <laughs> sense, which we could then later add accessories to. It's like any other band where like. Uh, uh, we usually it's usually either Bob has a riff or almost have, 100% of the time Bob yeah, has a riff maybe like 15% of the time I have like a drum hook like on some songs definitely on like the uh, like like uh, some of the, okay so songs I can't really name because they're not released yet but like on this newest album there's a couple songs that are like driven by like a drum hook yeah yeah, Tyler his. came to practice with some drum beats and yeah, was so like hey just like a, a really this. like rhythmic hook that like usually will come from me just like Half the time when I jam, I just like play to like hip hop or something, and then it makes me like want to write a drum hook. Uh, and then yeah, I'll just bring that and we'll go from like there. And it's just like next practice, next practice until it starts to like finally form. But it's, yeah, it's usually like one riff. I, w- I would agree with that. Yeah, it's usually like, and I, I think it happens less than you guys are implying that I come with a riff or come with like an idea. It's it's way more skeletal from my point and I don't think it really forms until we start working. Then generally it's the three of us working on it. Jace is usually brought in kind of near the tail end of the writing process as like, okay, here's some rhythm parts or like, here's where we need you to fill in or like, what do you think of these parts? But I would say the core writing of stuff happens with the three of us. And usually it's like the most bare bones basic idea of a riff or even just like improving a riff idea yeah like and you guys and you guys being like that's good or that's butt and like that kind of thumbs up thumbs down like in the moment like all right this is good let's keep trying things or this is terrible like scrap it get rid of it go away like sometimes um, i feel like i'll just yell something like bob what's the riff you would write if you were hungover and wanted to kill yourself and you were listening to church of misery go like i literally feel like a few times i've just been like do the thing if you were doing that, and this band did that thing. Go! Yeah. <laughs> and then, like, the riff comes out, and then there you go. There's a the song, like, off and going. Yeah. It's, I, w- I would say, it, I mean, it's not unfair to say that it's driven generally by me coming up with a riff of some kind, but I would say it's, you guys are really good about being very um, direct and or directional in your feedback. Like, we don't like these aspects of the riff. Let's like try and, and you'll you'll give me like kind of nebulous direction on like we'll make it more bouncy or make it more mad or make it this. Yeah, it's usually like also like in the context of definitely for the first album. It's also been like on the second album that we're now like almost finished writing. It's been like what do uh like what it needs this now. Now it needs like a song that's like this. Like it's, this needs to be like. Like, we wrote our, like, real sad songs. Let's write one that's, like, you're getting drunk at a party, blah, blah, blah. Yep. Like, figure that out. So. Which is where we're at for this new oh, album. Is we, we, 
the new album is basically done. I would say we need one one more song musically written that's like upbeat, like the party song. One more party song. One more fucking Van Halen song. Okay, that's not gonna be Van Halen. It's not gonna be Van Halen. But more, but you, we, know, you know what we, we, we have fun. That good. We have fun. We have fun. So we need another fun, another God, fun song. Jesus Christ! <laughs> yeah, that's it. That's it. That's how we write songs. That's how we write songs. We say, "Ooh, I don't know." That's fun. What inspires your writing? Our Alcohol. Our mental health issues. <laughs> Alcohol and our yeah, mental health been, issues. We've been super upfront about that. I would, I would say like the almost like characterization of like she up to this point has been like who in the band is having like severe mental illness at the time. Which one of us is but, like, having... We, like, and, like, we say that, and, like, it'll, like to some people who don't know us, that'll sound, like, really sad, but, like, frankly, I don't think any of us would have been, like, would be this well at this point if it wasn't for she, because, like, when we started, it was, like, a little bit of all of us, a lot of Bob, and just, like, how depressed would Bob be at the next practice? Also, a lot of me, because I was working jobs that I hated, like, call center jobs and stuff. Now it's more Zach. Like, yeah. we're, like, all I'm trying, fucking falling apart. We're all trying it's to hold, like, we, we just coddle Zach in our arms. But, like, no, it literally, most of it comes from a place of, like, our disdain for, like, either ourselves or, or other people. Like, the human race. Okay. <laughs> I mean, most, that... Mostly ourselves. At least in my my capacity. Yeah. It's yeah. mostly I don't necessarily think that's a far fetched thing for musicians in general. No, for sure. I think that as musicians we're all a little bit of introverts anyways oh, and sure. have a lot of yeah, co- it's a like... it's a coping mechanism. Yeah, for music any, like, is a coping mechanism. College kids is like like list, like would listen and be like, Oh like I'm depressed as hell. Like, what the hell do I do? And he's like looking for like solutions. Like, join a band. You'll figure out that every other person your age, or pretty much every person in general, like, is in the exact same place. Yeah. So like, oh, I would say if if there's one takeaway from listening to this interview or listening, but to, like that's been a to good the thing. album, it's it's that you you aren't alone in your feelings of frustration or your feelings of sadness or your feelings of like, like def- being defeated. Like everybody feels that way either currently or has felt that way like you aren't a a anomaly within um the world or within your friends group like even even the friends that you have that you're like man like they've got it figured out those guys are really well adjusted they're so good like it's not even that they're lying it's just that like you like they they have a a better front for it they're able to present or or cope with the world in a better way or more visible way than you are and that's totally fine and you know you're um again you're not you're not alone in that in yeah and, and one more thing i'll say is i feel like a lot of like the friends and fans like it's weird that to consider that you have like fans but like a lot of that shit has come from like turns out that like people are like super into like are on the same page as us when it comes to like love and riffs and not being happy and chipper 100 percent of the time and like that's where we made like so many friends and fans and shit and that's cool as hell People like really jive with the message. Mm-hmm. Absolutely, I can I can dig that a hundred percent. On the writing and creation of music, this is a big one. Okay. Can you listen to your own music without criticizing it? No, no. Oh, not at all. <laughs> Every who can. All right, like, here's here's the here's the real truth. I mean, the, can you listen to it as a fan? No. I can, yes, because I, I listened to that first album several times. I'm like, man, these these songs are fucking good. Yeah, this sounds good. If I was not in this band, I'd be way into it. I can listen. I definitely agree with Zach. I think me and Zach definitely can more like listen to our music objectively. Uh, like I, I can listen to it and and like within the context of like 
stoner doom as a subgenre. Be like, yeah, man, this this fucking rips. Like he's ripped. Uh, whereas I think Bob definitely just always like hates it all, no matter what it is. Like Bob's it's, not good at it, being a critical ear of himself. It's really difficult for me to listen to it and not be like, Ugh, why, why, why? Is it because you you do vocals? Is it? Like- it probably part of it, or like I feel like, and, and correct me if I'm wrong. Like I feel strongly like that a lot of the songwriting is is me or like i'm looking at it as like yeah like i wrote this song in my head and so it's it's very difficult for me to to separate that out and be like no no like this is a group a group effort like we all had a hand in this um and so the like the more ultimately my default setting is (laughs) self-deprecation right and so it's hard to disassociate from that right um, you got better about it though. Yeah, yeah you definitely. I will say these new songs are really fucking good. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. like we'll get to the second album. They're all rippers. They all fucking. They're all. They all slap, as the kids would say. Um, <laughs> they really go plank in the doink. <laughs> <laughs> I've never. Dude, is that is that what the children? That's what the say. They go. They go plank in the doink. Oh my god. Yep. Well, wow. I have never heard I've that never heard before. These new songs. It's a, it's a certified doink plinker. You know. <laughs> <laughs> Our dogs don't run outside when they hear our new songs, so that's good. So you're not terrifying the terrifying the dogs now. No, no, no. they're not terrified. Well, they, they've, they've gotten used to it. Yeah. The citizens of the neighborhood have never uh, came at us you know, with knives and pitchforks. <laughs> you know, honestly, when I was walking up when uh, outside when y'all were playing, I actually could not hear you until I got yeah. to the door. That's good. That's good. Thing. That's yeah. a good thing. <laughs> I mean, because I really didn't want to hear you. No. Whenever we moved into the house, one of the first things I did was within the first week of moving in, I went next door to the neighbors on on this side of the house where the basement is, and I was like, hey, just as a heads uh, up, like, I'm, you know, my goal is to play in a band, like, I play, you know, music, so if, um, you know, I, and I, I said, my, my personal goal is to be, you know, done with being loud by eight. I was like, generally it'll be before then, but I was like, I'm, I'm trying to set a personal like goal of eight o'clock so if there's ever a time where you guys you know you need me to be quiet just let me know and they're like oh yeah sure and like i've never had any issue with them they've always yeah i don't we should if we knew their names we chat them out like the next record uh shout out to the next door neighbors yeah, shout out to the next door neighbors, neighbors. they have never come over That's and been like punk. will you guys That's sufficiently punk yeah it <laughs> is super punk. and they're very like not punk i think one of them works like he works from home from microsoft or something like that he's wow very very unpunk but he's also it seems like he's a nerd and he probably is like acknowledging like yeah, those guys are a bunch of losers aren't they <laughs> like they're, 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 they're playing stoner doom rest those guys don't have anywhere else to be We'll leave him alone. <laughs> Definitely. If you could have played a show that's from days gone past, like major concert event, what would it be? The coolest thing in the world to open for like wind hand or sleep. Like yeah. around here. Like even just that would Very, be like Yeah, I would, I would agree. Very low key. Like if yeah, opening for yeah, that. Wind... How like how much respect and reverence for like those like you can't deny how much of an influence they are just to like watch them. We all went to those shows and just see uh, them. Our early stuff was way heavily influenced by Electric Wizard and Windhand. And Windhand played at Z Bar. It was what, three years ago? Two years Two, ago? Two, I think. Two years ago. And like that would have been a show that like we would have loved to have played. Um and I get like it's not like a major event, but like that would have been a cool thing. Sleep played here a year or two back. Yeah, just here recently, about uh, a year ago. Yeah, up at the Brown, Brown and like, Theater. and we went. Um, and it, you know, that would have been a cool show to play. Um, that that would be the biggest show that I would say that we would have wanted to play. Like, yeah. 
opening for sleep would have been like a uh, uh, a dream, you know, uh, probably surpassed only by if we got the chance to open for like Sabbath, right? right. Like right. some some god tier S tier doom band. What? Um, they had a festival in Lexington that. Uh, Clairvoyance Fest? Clairvoyance Fest. Yeah, that, that would have been, been fucking rad. To play yeah, with. so Clairvoyance Fest, uh, shout out to um, uh, Psychic City Productions um, and Clark uh, over there. So he put on a show, a fest, last year in Lexington um, at Cosmic Charlie's RIP. Um, right. And they, it was, it God. was like, if you were in a Doom band and you looked at that bill, there was no way you didn't immediately have an ejaculatory response <laughs> because it was Bongzilla headline. Yeah. We had Primitive Man there. Chemist was there. Telekinetic like, Eddie. Tel- no, Telekinetic was that was that was the show we played. We the 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 year prior, the precursor. That's to That's right. But Vo- uh, Void Rot was there. Um, and fuck, there's another old like old school death metal. Uh, game Outer no. Heaven, Outer Heaven played yeah, it too. Yeah, dude, I would have fucking killed to play that show. That oh my so God. so Clairvoyance Fest last year in Lexington, like that that I would put there on put that, that on that. I list would of, I would have rather played that show than the sleep or sleep. win hand. Yes, damn. But yeah. I'd say like too like 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 what y'all are saying like the weird answer to that question, but I think they would both agree with me would be that like some of the shows that we've got to play with just like low-key influences have been like such a fucking awesome cool thing to do like yeah, playing shows with telekinetic yeti toke. and stuff like that and toke, toke. we got to play with toke like that was toke rad. is huge just dude like we love toke that fucking orange ep like that's all they've done they've not released it like an album or anything since and surprisingly but like we've all been fucking just spinning that ep for like years yeah because that was the was so cool. the doom days of summer show again clark booked that in lexington um, and that was another set because that Toke was not on that, but Teleconnect no, Yeti was on it. Yeah. Electric Citizen was on it. Howling Giant was on it. Howling Giant. Hyborian was on it. Hawkbill. Hawkbill um, were were on there. Swamp Hawk were on it. Yeah, yeah. Um, oh, we really love our contemporaries. I think like that's something that like should always be known. Like we really like respect the shit out of the people we played with. There's so many people making good rock and roll, good doom and shit. So right. I mean that's why you're here interviewing us. But there's there's tons of people still making ripping fucking albums. Yep. Awesome. So you've got a full length, you got some EPs, you got a new cover EP that came out. Mm-hmm. And you've already alluded to a new album. Yep. In the writing process. So what else is down the pike for you guys? Man, right now we're really pretty much wholly focused on the new album. Um, we, I would say, we need to write. Oh, this dog is just chewing our way. Isn't that dog chomp chomp? This we're, that's the dog is a good metaphor right now. We are that dog right now. The new so album is bit, is the it? bone, the toy in his mouth. We're like, rah, 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 please <laughs> give us this fucking good feeling. Um, we really just want to finish up this album. Um, just to not don't fucking touch it. Do you no, want to not touch? Just continue, continue with your metaphor. <laughs> well, the, me- the metaphor is that the dog wants to chew on the bone, and we want to finish the album. Yeah, we we're, need to, we're, we're gnawing at the bit. Yeah, we're, ch- the we're chomping at the bit of finishing up this new album. We um, we probably need to write one more song, give or take. We want. To um, we have the like kind of uh, pre-production rehearsal stuff prepped for almost all of the album. So I would say in the next like two months or so, we'll be running through it. Um, in a rehearsal aspect and, and really prepping so that when we go into the studio, we're 
um, efficient and effective at, at tracking, which is what we did for the first album. Um, we we're still kind of mulling over and figuring out what we want to do as far as recording with it. Um, if we want to go with the same kind of process we did with the first album, if we want to try something different, um, but that's all, you know, TBD. Right. Um, outside of the new album, the only other thing I would say that's on our plate is really, you know, we, I, I and you guys can, you guys can be like, shut the fuck up, you big ding dong. Um, I would like to do another covers EP. Um, we, we, we lightly agreed to doing something uh, of a covers EP post album two. Um, and then other than that, like once things are, are a little more coalesced in the public sphere and we can more safely gather or we feel more comfortable gathering in a public sphere, getting back to playing shows. Um, but again, that's all, you know. Right. Yeah, we're, let's see how things go. That's what I would say because COVID is very unfortunate pandemic However, we have written an entire new album during it. What it's sucks so- is we put out our first album in late January. Yep. Yeah, like the last And then was not able to tour or support that album which is slightest really. Which to be fair was kind of of our own our own. Yes, making. we should have planned that better. We we didn't we didn't have a tour to support that album planned ahead of time. Right. Yeah, we're we, kind of, we learn as we go. We're we're a bunch of ding dongs. We're a bunch of dummies. We're just kind of like we're having fun, we're doing the thing, so we will probably have a tour planned ahead of time before we release album two. And then it's going to be a headline tour, and you're going to do both in their entire. That's yep. right. We're gonna play, you're going to you're going like to play the, the first, <laughs> and then you're going to take a 15 minute intermission, mm-hmm. and then you're going to come back and play the second. That's right. I hope yep. y'all were ready for some more because we got it. Frankly, I feel like after this this pandemic is over, people would probably like. I feel like I would sit and watch even a shitty band play for an hour at Magbar if I could right now. Like I would, I would do it. Well, anything. to be honest, I mean, we've probably all already done that in the past. Yes, I mean, yeah. but I would do it happily now. Like, <laughs> exactly. Gladly, I've been at some really shitty shows, and now all I can think is, oh, man, I, I'd kill to go sit at Magbar for two, yeah, three just hours. For two or three hours. <laughs> well, just well, just the other day, they posted some things about possibly having shows again mm-hmm. about a local coalition of venues i i would love love nothing more than to be able to play magbar again magbar has and we'll really quick do that shout out we'll slide them them hypes in there um magbar has been nothing but supportive of us since day one we played our it would have been our first show but we played our second show ever at magbar um way back in the day in 2015 with mighty arock and sea witch Um, nice and They, uh, Magbar's always been kind to us, always been support. That was the second show? That was our second show. Our first show was at Modern Cult, right? Yeah, our first show was at Modern Cult over there on the old location. I thought that Sea Witch Mighty Arrock show was the first one. Was it? No, definitely not. Our first show was was like with a bunch of non metal bands uh, and like an acoustic solo. Shit, hold on. I think you might be right. I'm I'm almost positive that Magbar show was the first show that I've ever played. You're right. It was because all right. So now I'm backing it up. Our originally, our first show was at my was at Magbar. He is totally correct because our our original first show was scheduled to be that Modern Cult show with Jimmy and the Two Tone Legbenders, as well as my buddy Nate Smith of Ars Enigma doing a solo set uh, acoustic, and so. That was going to be the first show, but then we got asked to play the Sea Witch slash Mighty Arox show, and we hopped on that last minute. But again, all that is to say, Magbar has been nothing but supportive. If you are in the Louisville area, there is no reason not to go to Magbar. 
buy a beverage, tip your bartender heavily, purchase a piece of merchandise. They've got masks. <laughs> heavy promoting. Heavy. Bar look, right now. look, I'm gonna. Like, I'm over here. I'm bro, standing. we just love the bars look, that we I'm, love and I'm we drink. I'm standing. Yeah. I'm standing the Magnolia Bar. Look, oh, we look. got we got the he's magma, got a magma patch. patch. He's got a magma if, patch in the room right now. I'm about to go buy it's my right next to the stonecutters and fuck you patch. Oh, look, and a magma pin. pin. A oh, magma pin. They got pins. <laughs> they got merchandise. You can buy a beverage from. But no, what was this like safely <laughs> and responsibly? Can I, as the professional in the room, circle back around? So the question was, what no. was the plans? Uh, play Magbar again yeah, so that we can buy only, their merch. Our only, plans, <laughs> <laughs> our only plans are to play Magbar as soon as possible. Definitely. And Highland and, as well. And uh, release, a, release a live album from Magbar. That would be Ooh. pretty fucking cool. Man, um, a live from Magbar album wouldn't be a bad idea. It's not a, What's that, that like album, really man. famous Motorhead live album called? Uh... Uh, uh, Hammersmith. Hammersmith. Yeah. I'm trying to think of like live a, at the Odeon. Maggers. Maggersmith. <laughs> Magger. The Magnolia Dome. The Magnolia, the Magnolia Dome is the Dome. one. Yeah. 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 Live at the Magnolia Dome. Absolutely. Yeah. All right. I'm going to take a real quick break, and we'll be right back. Hey everybody! Thank you for tuning into the Metal Forge this week. I really appreciate every last one of you that listens. But before I go any further, I do want to tell you that we do have a Patreon page here. And there's three tiers. There's the Dion and Dirty Dollar tier. It's just a buck. Hey, you're not going to miss a buck. Nobody does. Then there's the $5 Showstoppers tier, which you get a patch, stickers, whatever we have that's in that price range. And then there's the $20 a month Master, where you can get a t-shirt, any size, any color of the Metal Forge logo. Fuck yeah. That's awesome stuff. Oh, and by the way, if you donate on there, guess what? You get the show two days in advance from everybody else. Thank you all so much. It's patreon.com slash radio. Check it out and donate today. I love you guys. Thank you. So we're all people, ultimately. We all have the same things that we like to get into and talk about and do. We all share typically the same stuff with, with everybody. Uh-huh. And I do like to ask general questions in interviews. More than, more than just, it's like, what's about you as people versus the music and everything else. And these might be rooted musically, but I'm starting a new... Oh, oh shit. There they go. There they go. We had cards. I do have cards, but now they're all over the floor. That's fine. The dog will retrieve it. It's a retriever dog. No. I'm going to pull these at random. Okay. And I'm going to say, what instrument do you want to learn? Okay. Keyboards. I yeah, would, I think I, I would I love play the to piano. play a keyboard, yeah. I would love, yeah. yeah. Sa- saxophone or some other kind of reed instrument. Awesome. That's fair. That's good. That's that's a good one. Next one. This is fun. Most overrated sports team, actor, or musician. Overrated. Most overrated. What it? What? Pick one. Whatever you want. Either sports team, actor, musician. Most overrated. All right. So here we go. We're gonna get. I'm gonna get on a soapbox here for just a moment. All right. (laughs) So think about it. So when you say overrated, this is where it's difficult to answer. But I would answer Brock Lesnar. Why? All right. So Brock Lesnar <laughs> is un- undoubtedly a genetic freak of a of a performer, of an athlete, of a specimen of a Jesus human Christ. being. Make it short. However, Brock Lesnar is not a good in ring worker. He is overrated from Vince McMahon's perspective. Vince books him to be this monster of a man. He always wins. He's, he must be he, saying this because I'm wearing a Triple H shirt. Look, look, look. Brock Brock Lesnar gets booked like 
even he is more protected than John Cena was at John Cena's height. And like John, we could maybe go into John Cena for a moment, but I think Brock Lesnar absolutely is overrated in the eyes of Vincent Kennedy McMahon. I feel I'm gonna I'm gonna hit on this really fast because this is this is a topic of conversation that uh, a couple of friends of of mine go into about the Brock thing. Yeah. You ever play a wrestling game oh. on PlayStation, on Xbox, and ratings? when you're a kid, no, when you're a kid and you're playing it in the, and you don't know how to do moves, mm-hmm. and then the one friend learns how to do one move and keeps doing it over and over and over again, yeah. that's Brock Lesnar with a German suplex. Oh, it's like the one yeah. kid is constantly controlling him. Boom, boom, so boom, boom. To you two, could I say like and like? So my other, so she is my one friend group. That my construction crew is the other friend group. They love UFC. Like I guess we're just we're ignoring Brock Lesnar's UFC like octagon. Well, career, well right? I, I could talk like, about he that. Was, he like too. had some. Isn't he like success. five and three or something? He had some success. Well, so so the whole thing with Brock Lesnar's UFC career was his first outing. He got his shit. Wrecked, yeah, he's right? not. He's not he a got, good mixed martial he, artist. He I'll say his UFC career is be, definitely better than CM Punk's. Fuck well, that guy. God, <laughs> better than or, or Kimbo. Batista. It's probably right? than Kimbo. It's probably yeah. But I mean, Les, Lesnar got wrecked on his first outing and then came back and fucking put a dude in his place in that second. It was a beatdown. It yeah. was pain. You're just like, oh, think, he learned and he put a dude in his place. As much and as I hate him, the dude did make progress. He he made significant progress and he held that fucking belt and like. He, I, I will not, I would, I would be remiss to acknowledge that Brock Lesnar not only has the look of a dude that should carry a belt, he does, he also has, um, the demeanor of a dude I that should carry the belt. Second response is going to be great. Well, well, gonna be about five seconds. All right. Well, he, he, he deserves everything he has earned in his life. However, I think that Vince is holding on to Brock for far too long. I think that Vince overestimates the draw that Brock is and that that's that's my argument. I, like, I get it. Yeah. I, I like I think that Brock, despite like his failures in like I don't watch your all wrestling. I don't know what you call that, like wrestling with finger air wrestling. Wrestling. He's fun to watch in UFC. My answer will be uh, I think the most overrated band overall is Metallica, which is like a super uh Whatever what generic a safe answer. answer. What it's a, a safe generic answer. answer. But Next I will you're argue you're to say you're to say Saint Anger is a bad album. <laughs> oh boy, so it was. But also like so like one band like here's I'll speak my piece real quick and I'll be done. Metallica, if you like watch their trajectory of their the trajectory of their career and like where they started and where they ended from like being super influential to being like super out of touch, and then you look at another band who is the same age as them, a band that I love, Voivod. And how they are like gray-haired 50-year-olds or whatever now. And they still make albums that I'm just like, whoa, this is different and weird and crazy. And like they're still experimenting and having fun. And like they're not millionaires, but like they made good art. And like Metallica just sold the fuck out like a quarter of the way into their career. Fuck Metallica. What's that answer? Uh, Dallas Cowboys. America's team. Ooh, yeah, ass. fuck <laughs> the Cowboys. 100% agree with that shit. Yeah. That's right. <laughs> and yep. the Patriots. Damn, I, I I agree. Fuck the Patriots, but and if anybody if anybody's gonna be America's team, it should be the Patriots. Oh god, because they're actually good as much as I don't like them. That's our answers. Who's your favorite visual artist? Visual artist, fuck. Um, I would say 
Um, Ryan Case, who did the album art for our first album. Very talented. Ryan is a super talented, super talented, very nice guy, easy to work with. I can't sing Ryan's praises enough. If you're not already following him on the Instagrams, on the Facebooks, on social media, you should be following Ryan. God damn, why don't you shout out people the whole fucking podcast? I'm not shouting. I'm just saying he's a great fucking he's artist. A great artist. Um, we also, I also really like um, uh, uh, Yoko Molotov's really good. She did a Definitely. sticker for us. Um, Veronica about- Winters did a sticker for us. Um, they've not done a sticker for us yet, but at some point they made, they did, they did the emotes for my Twitch account, uh, Fruit Melody, um, on Twitch also does, they, they definitely lean into the chibi art style. Um, they're really enjoyable. What's your buddy's name that did our first t-shirt? Oh, uh, Petrowski. Fucking Petrowski. Nathan Petrowski. Petrowski. Um, I don't think he's got a, uh. Uh, I, I mean, he's got an Instagram. I don't know what his like art handle is, if anything. But if you look up Nathan Petrakowski, you're never going to be able to spell it. But P I E T R O W S K I, I think his drawings are really goofy. I like them a lot. He's he's right super on. good. Um, and he's actually teaching at a yeah. at university yeah. right also, now. Also, just to shout out somebody in the room, Tyler, very talented artist. As much as he when I try, doesn't I try very often. Give himself enough credit. He did our flyer for that first show, and it was fantastic. He did do it at flyer, didn't awesome. he? Awesome, yeah. that was really good. I'm gonna have to look. It, I'm gonna have to look it up for sure. I like Martin Donders. He's like Dutch or Finnish. Um, it's Martin M with two A's, R T E N, like Donders, just exactly how I said it. Uh, he's done like some album artwork and like a bunch of flyers for like psychedelic fest and shit like that. I recommend looking him up. He's really cool. There's this old like Polish artist that did like really weird dark. I can't say his name. It starts with a Z. It's like Zbigniew, like Pulse something. He was Polish. It was real dark. He lived through World War II. His shit's awesome. Right on. But, yeah. Also, and she's probably gonna come in here and be like, "Shut the fuck up! I'll kill you with your with the murder. You'll put a knife right in your skillet." Yeah. Um, Go ahead. Uh, if you if you get the XOXO London Amore uh, on the burlesque scene, she's. She's pretty fucking. She, pretty, she got she got that good look. She's looking really fine. She's a. Mwah! You put that Italian spice. You go ah yeah. Mwah! <laughs> I didn't want to bring it up, but I was gonna come up after Tyler. Yeah, XO XO <laughs> London Amore. If you're look if you're looking to feel good. Totally done. Mm. All right. Mm. All right. Snail. Snail. Shut, shut, shut up, Bob. <laughs> Snail mail or email. 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 Oh, really? Yeah, dude. Who wants to wait for That's like shit? almost my entire job is email, so. Yeah, definitely 100%. I mean, yeah. it's snail mail, obviously, if I'm like getting merch or something. But... Right? Who would you want to see perform if time or money was no option? Sabbath in their heyday. Yeah. Or Zeppelin. Sa- Sabbath, anything pre volume four. Yeah. Uh, Thin Lizzy. Come on, really? Yeah, all day. Pre-volume four. Volume four is garbage. Oh bullshit! <gasps> Throw it out. I call bullshit. Uh, volume four has she my favorite song, four, which is what? Uh uh-uh. uh, it's Under terrible. The sun? No, it's Snowblind. Oh, you like Snowblind? I like Snowblind. Oh, good. There's uh, one good second. song. Under the sun. Fuck. Supernaut. Supernaut's pretty good too. Oh, good. Two good songs on He's it. He's gonna album. argue with you. About oh, and, and I'm gonna say I'm gonna say one that I I really like. Everybody's gonna say, "Oh fuck it's you!" It is changes. Changes right. sucks the ball. Changes. <laughs> no, it does. Terrible song. Changes is a fucking banger. I'll give you that. What? You're a big fan of the place. Okay, <laughs> no, so 
Okay, so changes with Sabbath or changes with Kelly Osborne? Neither. Fucking Sabbath. <laughs> Sab- Sabbath is the right if answer. I, there. If I got Charles, Charles Bradley all day. Charles, so, you've heard that Charles Bradley cover, right? I don't yes, that I, have. I have. It's real good. Yeah, it's, it's almost like the uh, Van Morrison version of "Comfortably Numb." It's yeah. like it's it's soulful. It sounds like Tiny Tears. <laughs> it's what it sounds oh, like. Man, I just I just can't. <laughs> man, Volume Four, like I, just, I can't get into it. I, I've tried it several times. Tyler really wanted to cover "Under the Sun." And like I because every day comes and goes. Man, I just listened to it and I was like, <laughs> "This song is whack. Like it's bogus." Even Zach Zach will back me up on this. Under the sun is not a good I, song. I don't like that song. All right. <sighs> now, sorry. to be fair, Weed Eater covered it and it was okay. That's true. But they was it, it. was it Weed Eater or was it Bongzilla? Fuck, it was one of those two. Either Weed Eater or Bongzilla covered Under the Sun, and like it's okay. But like all the problems with the song are still very much present, and like it just, ah, just I can't get into it. Everything pre Volume Four Sabbath, I'm just I'm about. Although Mob Rules, whew, oh, give me give me the Mob Rules all day. But that's different though. Oh, it is. It's a, it's a because different band. that's to the point where yeah, that's yeah. a different band. It's a different band. I because agree. different drummer, different vocalist, so I'm, it's a I'm, different band. But that's all to me. That's the start of power metal Sabbath. Yeah, yeah. because you got to you got to think with like the eighties when, especially when like Tony Martin came along. Mm. That's when you know, like Seventh Star and shit like that. Yeah, it's total. It's total power metal Sabbath. It's a different band. I I agree. And they wrote choruses at that point. As as far (laughs) as Ozzy Sabbath is concerned, I I stop. At, at the beginning of Volume 4. I'll listen to everything up to that point, and then I, I just stop. Which is interesting, because a lot of metal people are into the into Sabbath, Bloody Sabbath. Like, it's alright. Jace, Jace is really into yeah, Sabbath. Really like Sabbath. 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 And like And, like, uh, don't get me wrong. Like, I enjoy tracks from those albums. Like, there's, there's stuff on there that's good, but, like, I can listen to self-titled... Master Reality and Paranoid start to finish and enjoy every moment of it. Yeah. But once I hit Volume Four, I uh, there's tracks I'm just like, this is bad. Yeah, I definitely would agree that the first three, like it's funny that the question like beckons like these responses, and now this is just what we're talking about. But those like first three Black Sabbath albums are so seminal that you listen to them still in 2020, and you'll listen to them in 2080, and it will have not aged a bit because it just. It sounds like so pure of what it created, right? Uh, yep. And all that it preceded. But like you listen to like anything after that, I think to me starting on Volume Four and like the four weird albums after that, like Technical Ecstasy and all that shit, and like it's just like it was a it succumbed to like being trendy or like trying to fit into the like they stopped trying to be Sabbath and trying to be like Sabbath in the eighties or whatever, and it's like screw that shit. Like like Sabbath and Sabbath was just being Sabbath. Yep, I so, dig all day. But I'd watch any classic rock band. <laughs> yeah, right on. Again. I don't remember what the real was. Sabbath, your answer on that as well, or I got to be honest. At this point, I forgot what the question. Yeah, was. I was going to say, uh, <laughs> who would you have liked to have seen? Oh, uh, whether time and right. money was no object. Yeah, Sabbath at their peak and, would be nice. What about Thin Lizzy? Ooh, uh, I would love. I to saw, see that. Well, okay, but see that spawns a whole other 
a whole other thing. Mm-hmm. Thin Lizzy when uh, Phil was a guitar player in the band, or when Phil was bass. Bass and vocals. Yeah, yeah because it, it's, it. you know, would you like to see him on Jailbreak, or would you like to see him on something like Fighting? Bad Reputation. Ooh, yeah. That's the best album, and if anybody says otherwise... You fucking dumb. That's the best. <laughs> Actually, I'll I'll revise. So I'll sub, supplant my. I, I would also have loved to see uh, Pink Floyd in there oh, in, in their good, Wall good. and Dark Side and Wish You Were Here in that in that the, run. The yeah the seventy three to seventy nine era. Yeah, like yeah. Any, anything in there that would have been. I would also really love to see Neurosis like in their early career. Yep. Neurosis like, would be that. fucking awesome. Yeah, F- Floyd. Sorry, and... we just took your answer. <laughs> yeah, and, and, and Zach still hasn't answered. <laughs> we're a bunch of classic rock dum dums. Yeah, we at are. The, at the end of the day, and that's why that first covers EP is a bunch of like classic rock with soft. But also stuff points. like Neurosis. Like I think it's funny. Like we're like like oh like what are we gonna rip off today? Like then Lizzie, you're like oh, I fucking love Neurosis too. <laughs> like yeah. anyways, my answer would probably be besides Sabbath, Leonard Skinner. Ooh, Ooh. accident. Yeah. <laughs> Before yes, definitely. Yeah. Definitely before the the plane. Yeah. The, the plane. The, the plane. plane. Why, God, the plane. The plane, <laughs> plane is only cost. Oh, and speaking of aerial crashes, um, that that would be a <laughs> that, that would be a good album <laughs> title. Who's, aerial who's crashes. Uh, Steve, Stevie Ray Vaughan. I would have oh, fucking yeah, killed Ray. to see him. Yeah, dude. Chili. Beans or no beans? Beans. Definitely beans. Beans all day. Yeah. Give me them beans. Definitely. Don't get me I'm, wrong. I'll look, take it. The more, the more like serious question would be spaghetti or no spaghetti. I'll, I'll look, answer I'll, all the spaghetti. I'm just nope. thinking. I'm and thinking I would answer none of it. Wow! I'm, I'm you thinking, absolute piece of shit, Mark. I'm thinking, about, I'm thinking about them beans. Look, I'm thinking about them beans. He's always I'm, thinking about beans. I'm thinking about them beans. Also, really quick, if we're talking about spaghetti or no spaghetti in your chili... All right, motherfuckers want to bring up Skyline Chili. Oh my well, let's, God. let's be very fucking clear. Skyline Chili is not chili. It it's is a, Skyline. A it's a meat sauce. It's its own thing. It's in its own stratus. Uh, it's delicious. It's Bob, wonderful. Bob has a lot of opinions. I They're love mostly Skyline. Stupid. Also, in, in defense of no beans, no beans means more meat. Not yeah. always. Not, okay. Yeah, I mean, because they could be ground really fine and it's just nothing. That's fair. Alright. Beans make you fart. <laughs> Who do you wish you never saw live? Oh, oh boy. <laughs> Who ruined it for me live? Who do I wish I'd never I seen live? Uh, Macedon probably is my answer. I damn. don't like not to be a dick and they're doing something different. It was Macedon Gojira. Yeah. Because Gojira went on before them and I was like, oh my god. Now how far when there was a Cavill attack. Oh yeah. Um Ooh. And, but Macedon didn't play the songs off of the albums that I liked. They were this was pre. Well, around damn. The sun. Well, heaven forbid. <laughs> I know. How dare, how dare <laughs> them have a discography? But I would, I would agree with Zach. I like, I like. We could lump our album, our answers into one because I think because me and him both went to that same show. Like yes. me and Zach would just like grab shows in Cleveland, Chicago, and like after COVID, like I want to do that again because that was those are good memories, man. But uh, I, I do remember going up to see Macedon. And being like, wow, like this is what a band is like when they have like forsaken the sound that like shot them to like stardom, and like Mastodon just was like, we don't want to do yeah, that we're not anymore. Doing it anymore. And that's, and that's totally like, fair. What? Like, I, I, yeah, like it's fair 
Like you want to be like you're. We want to make money me. and pay our bills and not make bills nerds nerds happy. Foreclose on your home, make good art. Yeah, but I want to get some practice guy shit. So does that does that kick back to the Metallica thing though? It probably. Does. Yes, I think I 100 percent think it does. It's like Metallica just. Well, I mean, I because know. they didn't want to get a home foreclosed on, or so they. I don't know because they changed direction. I wouldn't. They changed direction, Mastodon, but I wouldn't say they sold out. They started doing some weird shit. Yeah, well, I don't know. Mastodon went like I don't know. Mastodon went as poppy as Mastodon could go while still being Mastodon. I I would argue that like their last, like the last album or two is like even once more around the sun. Like there's an there's a song or two on it that I'm like this sounds like Mastodon. Metallica, like to me, went full blown from like I mean you listen to Kill 'Em All and Mastodon went from like being progenitors of thrash to, like, getting, like, Metallica. blown the... What did I say? Mastodon. Oh, yeah, I'm sorry. Metallica on Kill em All went from being, like, progenitors of thrash, blah, 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 to just getting blown away by their contemporaries. Like, what the fuck was Metallica doing? There's nothing that you could tell me that Metallica was doing in 90 when Megadeth released Rest in Peace that it even came close to outpacing. Like, they're, they're like, their uh, contemporaries just started, like, sweeping the floor with Metallica pretty early on, and have continued to do such, you know, up, up until 2020, as we speak right now. <laughs> right. Uh, uh, fuck Metallica. <laughs> Jesus. Bob, do you have an answer? I really don't. Um, uh, ourselves. I wish I'd never watched any of our live videos. I'm just going to sit there and go, look at that fuck up right there. I heard, I heard the thing that played wrong. That's fair. That'd be me. Ourselves. I would never have wanted to watch us. Okay. So, uh, on the other side of that question... Uh, which is somebody you wish you never saw live because it ruins the mystique. So what is the either the best or the worst concert you've ever attended? Ooh, Let's not answer first because we always, we always answer first. Yeah. The okay. best, so, oh boy, I've, I've painted myself into a corner here because... It's Mastodon! It's Mastodon. <laughs> it was that concert because Gojira fucking killed it. Oh my God, it was so good. It was so good. It was fucking incredible. Uh, behind that, and I'm fucking... People are going to say, what a poser. But hey, Metalhead's got opinions. Uh, Lamb of God show, I don't know, seven or eight years ago at... Uh, Headliners? No, Expo when it, 5. it was Expo 5. That was probably, that was my first, like, fucking metal concert, probably. And, uh, boy, the crowd, the energy was fucking crazy. And the crowd was, they were into it. It was great. It was, a, I was happy to be there. I don't know that I would do it again. I'm, I mean, I'm past it musically, but God. My knees can't handle the, what, <laughs> what those people in the crowd do. I would say my answer would be between two, tied between two, it would be Neurosis. Uh, I saw them, I like, was not even super, I listened to like the two biggest albums. Neurosis is like a huge influence of mine. And uh, I had listened to, you know, just like walking around on UofL's campus when I was in college. Uh, just listening to like Through Silver and Blood and um, Times of Grace and shit like that. And like they didn't really... Like, I liked them a whole lot. And I was like, this is, like, really speaking to me. And I remember seeing them live and then playing, like, they're a band that, like, recognizes the impact of, like, their whole discography. And they played stuff from so far back. And, like, just, like, in that relatively small venue, Expo 5, like, the experience of seeing them live being more than just a them performing the songs. It was, like... They only tour a very little, like, very select shows. They'll do small tours in the summer. I know some of them are, like, teachers and stuff, so that makes sense. And just, like, it feeling, like, very important 
that I got to see them and like play the stuff and they wanted you to feel like it was important that you got to see it and that shit like still sticks with me to this day like the songs are so freaking good the moods and shit like I will never even with like the other projects and stuff like I work on and stuff like I want that feeling that and the other band that would be tied with that would be seeing Enslaved in Chicago a few years ago because Enslaved is like another one of my like biggest influences and just seeing them and like them getting up there and like them being such huge influences to me musically but them just getting up and be like hey we're so glad to be in America like we let's get fucking drunk and like just playing the songs that like are like so big to me but like perfectly while they were shit faced drunk and I was just like god damn I love them slaves but anyways Bob you can answer you guys you guys can call me out and say that I'm a um 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 being a ding dong but I would say seeing Blind Scryer's album release. That was fucking rad. That was, that was fucking rad. Blind Scryer. Just because you love the dudes. So well, much. Blind Scryer at their album release, it was it was the combination of like that personal connection with them. The songs are banger after banger after banger. And that performance was also rad. And the sound of that night was particularly good. As well as Volcandra's album release. Again, because songs are banger after banger after banger. Looking at River's face while he's doing solos, he's just full of joy. He is so happy to be playing in those bands. God damn it. River is just a treat to watch in anything he plays. But those two nights in particular, he was just... Real quick. I got another one that I just remembered. That Abbott High on Fire show we went to. Yeah, it was was a fucking sick show. It was Abbott High on Fire and... um, Skeleton Witch. Skeleton Witch, yes. That show was was great. I know somebody who went to that as well. Yeah. And has... Uh, pictures with him without makeup really? on the street. Yeah, fucking cool. But you get like this much of his face, and he's like, "Check this out." He's like, <laughs> "He's like, he didn't realize that we knew who he was, and he was he was totally cool." That's <laughs> so, fucking great. Yeah, yeah. What do you invest too much time into? Video games. Uh, Wrestling. Laying in bed. Sleep. Going and looking. Not, not the band. I Look, sleep a whole <laughs> Looking for clearance Lego sets. I just lay in bed <laughs> waiting nice. for time to pass. <laughs> it's too much time. What's your favorite animal? A penguin. Warthogs. I like pigs. That's fair. I feel. I feel. I feel soulfully connected with them. Goddamn fucking alligators and shit, bro. <laughs> right on. Like older shit. Like just fucking. They got all them teeth and no teeth. All right, I'm going to take a real quick break and we'll be right back. How to Vote is a tool created by Democracy Works. It breaks down the options your state offers for casting a ballot, empowering you to decide when and where to vote. Because voting isn't always about going to the polls on Election Day anymore. Options like early voting, mail-in voting, and ballot drop boxes are more available to voters these days and growing in popularity. Democracy works best when we all vote, but misinformation and confusion about election procedures have resulted in low voter turnout. How to Vote is a tool created by Democracy Works, and it takes the guesswork out of the voting process. Some of the things you can do with How to Vote is sign up for your election reminders, see what's on your ballot, get step-by-step assistance in requesting your mail-in ballot, check for voter registration status, Find your polling site and make sure you have the appropriate identification. Decide when and where you'll vote this year at howto.vote. 
Do you have any shout-outs you want to give to anybody? Oh, Let me get my list out here. Just refer to everything else. Listen to everything else. No. Um, absolutely, without question, the Boys and Blind Scryer have been probably some of our biggest cheerleaders since our, our first days. Um, we we were fortunate enough to get to play their album release show. Um, they played our album. Did they play? Yeah, they played yeah. our album release show. Um, the fucking Blind Scryer Boys, they just put out, or they just finished recording um, an EP, so they got stuff coming out. Swamp Hawk uh, out of Lexington have been rad okay. dudes to play with as well. They're Again, kind and well-adjusted, handsome young men. Uh, our friends in Volcandra, our friends in Prayer Line, our friends in Stagecoach Inferno. Um, except Hunter. Except Hunter. Hunter's a big ding-dong. I can't tell what you're saying. <laughs> Everybody right agrees with that. Hunter fucking sucks. The balls! In the best way possible. Oh, the princesses of Louisville. <laughs> hey, Which, they're doing some good shit. They are doing The princesses of Louisville. If you, if you have kids and your kids like Disney princesses and they're like, I want to have marijuana come be at my birthday party. You then say, you the can't princess, have marijuana at your birthday party. Not marijuana, <laughs> Moana. She's, she makes way, makes way. Um, so she, uh, the, the, she the princesses of Louisville. Reggae. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Jared Wright also. Jared fucking Wright Hart. God damn. Oof. Oh, God damn. Yeah, oh, fucking really books guy, like really, really nice hard band, but also has continued on like the fight with like the Black Lives Matter shit. Which all matters right. to us a whole lot. Like, mm-hmm. we don't give a shit if it doesn't matter to you. Fuck you, don't listen to our band. Uh, he's he's continued to be awesome with that shit, so. Yeah, yeah fuck yeah, Jared Wright. I think that's it. I think that's it. Yeah. I think that's it. There's, there's, I'm sure yeah, there are we're bands. We're leaving all some. We're leaving off all kinds of million. Anybody, the shout out is to anybody that has listened to our band and been like, hell yeah, that's the shit. Okay, so we got the shout outs. How do people get a hold of you guys? How do they go buy music, buy merch? How do they do that? You can find us on the social medias at she Louisville. That's S H I Louisville. And so that would be if you go to she Louisville.bandcamp.com, you can one. find you can find the music. That's where you can buy the album. You can you can get any of our older releases uh, at a you know name your price rate. The album digitally is five dollars. Okay, what about Facebook? Um, on Facebook, it's Facebook.com slash she Louisville. Okay, okay. And on the Instagram, That's it's it. It's at She Louisville. We have a consistent mm-hmm. naming convention across all three. Through. Although I will yeah, say, if you're looking for us on Spotify, it's probably easiest just to search for Green Death, and then you'll find the the song or the album or whatever. Because if you just look for She, you're going to get Shine Down. Yeah, so you'll get any band with the letters S-H-I anywhere in the name before our name comes up. Right? It's true. Right. And, that's, and so basically, we just need you guys to get them plays up so that when people search for S-H-I... Space hyphen space, then you will find yeah. our band name. Yeah. But until then, if you search for Green Death on Spotify, you'll find. As it. far as merch goes, send us a message. We will do what we can. We don't currently. We're have very it. bad. About we it. don't have an online store set up for it right now. Yeah. Right on. But you do have stuff available. We do have and stuff available. Absolutely. And as as the the current climate and as COVID gets you know addressed and. And ideally, as uh, as a vaccine gets developed and released and widely um, uh, available for folks in the coming months or whatever, you know, as we play shows, we always have merch at our shows. So definitely follow us on any of those socials uh, to keep tabs on where and when we will be in existence. Awesome. Sounds good. And the, the typical last question of the show has, has been, how would you like to die? 
<laughs> That's, are you serious? Is that a serious question? Like in the yes. Podcast? Because like our whole band is based on wanting to die. <laughs> I don't. So <laughs> it, it, right here, right now. <laughs> so because of that, I think I'm going to change it up and ask one from the cards. Okay. 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 Oh God, Lord. We, I can tell you what the chocolate or vanilla. I'll really quick say I would like to have vanilla, but then the plans post post mortem are, and this is this is <laughs> official. I've told I've told my wife this is my final wishes. I want to be yeeted off of the Second Street Bridge it into the Ohio, Ohio River. River. I want that's my fucking dead body, rigor mortis, <laughs> yeet into the Ohio. After that is had, fucking great because Rygar, yeah. Said something similar about being trebucheted. Yeah, man. Like over a lake and just. Look, man, like fucking funerals are expensive and like all that shit costs. Like just fucking throw me in the Ohio. Some catfish are going to get to feast real fucking good. Maybe I'll freak some fucker out that's out there like fishing. Like, oh my God, I found a dead body. But again, all this is is after I've had some vanilla ice cream because vanilla would be my answer to you. Chocolate would be my answer. What about you, Zach? Um, I like them both equally. Thank so you. I'm down. A good swirl. The swirl. You're down with the swirl. Down with the swirl. Down with the swirl. Would it be like the the like at the at the Chinese buffet where you did the soft serve swirl? You go, yes, exactly. Like that. that. 100. That. And it goes then with sprinkles. Yeah, all yeah. day. I feel you. I'm there with you, dudes. Thank you all so much, Bob. Tyler, Zach, you guys are fucking awesome. Thanks. I've had an awesome time. I'm glad to hear it. You know, the you dogs. I got to play with some pups. I got know? to play with the dogs. They were awesome. I got to hear a little bit of music when I came in. <laughs> but we're going to play some tracks on the way out. So oh, yeah. any anything you all want to play in particular off the album? All right. What do you guys want to play? On the way album? out. Wait, you go Passive suicidal ideation. Damn, you would pick that he, one. He always picks that he one. He always picks that it's one. Let's do it. One. Do it. Go for it. PSI. Passive suicidal ideation. It's track. Yeah, pick that one. That's that's our that's our out song. And here it is.
Musicians rejoice. Confused with all the modern and technical pedal board selections? Look no further. Kentucky Hot Brown Pedal Boards offer their homemade wooden and custom pedal boards for guitarists and bassists alike. Established in 2013, KYHBPB has helped support not only the local Louisville scene, but a large array of big and small players from across the entire country. More info can be found at KentuckyPedalBoards.com. Are you registered to vote? Headcount is a nonpartisan organization that works with the music and entertainment industry to get our fans to vote. That also allows you to update or check your voter registration status. Go to headcount.org where you'll find all the information you need to be ready for election day. 
At HeadCount, you also can check your registration status. Millions of people purge their voter rolls every year. Everyone should check their status every year. The deadline to register to vote in some states is as early as October the 4th, so you want to check it before then. You can also request an absentee ballot, get early info on voting, and find your polling location. Or see what's on your ballot. Register to vote today at headcount.org. What an idiot!